Alright guys, welcome to CLD Talks, I'm your host Conor Maxwell. For this podcast, we were actually invited into the Scottish Parliament to have this conversation with Mr Jamie Hepburn, who is the MSP for Cumbernauld and Kilsyfe constituency and is the Minister for Higher Education, Further Education, Youth Employment and Training. Um, Mr Hepburn joins us here to talk about uh, his role within sort of CLD from a ministerial perspective. We discuss the adult learning strategy, we discuss the youth work strategy, his perspective from a ministerial point of view about how CLD re- um, responded through the pandemic, some memorable moments as well of his career and his time as a minister, and um, also just sort of what's involved in a day-to-day sort of life, I suppose, of a minister as well, which is a really interesting um, part of this podcast in my point of view. So, without further ado, I would like to introduce you to this podcast with uh, Mr. Jamie Hepburn. It'd be great to see if you could just tell us just a wee bit about yourself so far and your journey into this sort of role. Um, you can keep it as short as, as, or keep it as long as you want. In terms of my own experience, yeah, well, absolutely. I was uh, first elected to the Scottish Parliament in 2007, which seemed like an awful long time ago, probably because it is an awful long <laughs> uh, time ago. So I've been a, a member of the Scottish Parliament for, for 15 uh, years uh, now. First of all, representing the central Scotland area, and then from 2011, uh, the South constituency. Uh, for the first seven years, I was very much a, a backbench member of the Scottish Parliament and served in various uh, committees of the Parliament, the Finance Committee, the Welfare Reform Committee, uh, and, and various other ones. And then uh, when the First Minister took office in November 2014, she was kind enough to, to ask me to, to join her government, first of all as a, a health minister, and then from 2016, uh, involved in the area of employability and, and training through various uh, different ministerials, and that's a, a responsibility I still have today. Yeah, so what, what goes into that, sort of having that responsibility for like youth employability and training? It, well, in terms of my own uh, role, I suppose it covers um, broadly trying to set the policy yep. uh, direction. So I'm, I'm not on the ground delivering day to day, although I'm always very delighted to be able to go out and meet with organisations that are delivering on the ground and uh, particularly meet with those people who are being supported by the various uh, employability and uh, uh, training uh, initiatives that we have uh, underway. So very much uh, uh, about trying to set the overall policy uh, direction for uh, the the areas of activity that have uh, responsibility for. But also, uh, yes, we need to make sure that uh, we're checking in with the various organisations that we're, we're funding to make sure that they're uh, working towards the objectives that we've we've tasked them with and so on. So um, it's uh, it's quite a, a broad uh, role, but um, it can be quite rewarding and fulfilling as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Is it something that you particularly enjoy then? Uh, like any job, I suppose it has its uh, moments, <laughs> but yes, overall, uh, it's um, it's one that uh, I do find, as I've just said, uh, a rewarding uh, role. Uh, I mean, it's quite a broad uh, remit, so uh, in terms of my current uh, role, I have policy responsibility for the tertiary education sector, universities, colleges, uh, for apprenticeships, and for uh, community learning and uh, development, and uh, it's a great pleasure to be able to go out and engage with uh, the organisations that are delivering day in, day out, because that just covers such a, a broad range of uh, different types of of groups, of institutions that are doing such a, a different range 
of uh, activities, you get to meet an awful lot of uh, interesting uh, people who have an interesting uh, journey uh, and backstory themselves. But the big thing I really enjoy is uh, meeting those uh, people who are getting the life experience uh, uh, or life-changing experience of some form of educational or, or training intervention. Uh, it can be uh, really uplifting to, to hear, particularly for those who have maybe not had the best early experience of education who have subsequently re-engaged through various different avenues and, you know, it's, it's fundamentally it changed their life for the better. So um, it's it's um, it's a fulfilling uh, job to be involved in and trying to help shape the, the landscape that goes about trying to to deliver those objectives of making sure that people can, can get a rewarding, fulfilling uh, experience of some form of post-school educational intervention. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things we'll speak about later on is like the adult learning strategy, and that's the first of its kind for that. And I think it's an it's amazing move to support those adult learners who have been doing courses for a long time, whether it's more formal education or for a CLD sort of point of view. But um we are here today to discuss more of the CLD sort of point of view. So it was um, Alan Sherry and Marion Allison who had um, recommended we came and had a sort of chat with yourself. Because so it was their fault. Um, so it's pretty much, pretty okay. much. They were just like, listen, go and grab this guy, get a chat, and he'll enjoy it. So um, I suppose in a CLD sort of point of view, um, what's your sort of role within like um, CLD and supporting then um, people within CLD if there is like a sort of that crossover? Well, again, it does come back to the, the points I've made uh, before uh, around trying to help shape the the environment in which the sector can can better thrive to make sure that it's making a, a contribution towards our overall objectives of creating a, a, a more prosperous, uh, fairer, socially just Scotland. Those are fundamentally the... The objectives that the Scottish Government um, wants to, to see taken forward. We know that education in all its forms can play a, a role in that regard and community learning development is, is no different uh, in that uh, regard. So trying to, and you can only do that properly if you work with uh, the sector, Absolutely. work with them, engage with them to understand better the work that they already undertake, uh, what um, other forms of activity that they could be involved in, how they can make that positive contribution. So, uh, you know, uh, hopefully that's me helping uh, CLD, but certainly uh, probably of more importance to me is, you know, CLD helping with those overall objectives in terms of trying to uh, make sure that we we have uh, a better Scotland that we can all uh, live in. And uh, for me, uh, community learning development can contribute to that in so many different ways in terms of if it's trying to move someone into uh, uh, maybe they've been out of the labour market, get them into employment or if they're in employment and they want to move on to some other form of uh, maybe better paid or more rewarding or more fulfilling uh, employment or if it's uh, as I was about to use the term simple but nothing is simple but as still of fundamental importance about keeping yeah. someone uh, engaged, engaged with other people uh, so that they're not as socially isolated. These all make a, a significant contribution to the, the, the better Scotland that we seek. So, yeah, I'm always uh, up for helping CLD, uh, but um, of even bigger importance is how CLD can help us all. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think what's been really good that you've been quite a presence within, um, especially some standard council stuff. I know that you've um, spoke at a few of the conferences and um, you've provided videos about sort of that passion. So I just think, from my point of view, it's really nice to see that. That it's nice to see someone in a position that you're in that is taking an interest and understanding the value that CLD has, because CLD sometimes gets forgot about. So I think just I suppose from that point of view, I just think it's really great that you are that extra bit vocal and you're present and people know who you are. You know what I mean? Um, I just think that that's really good for the point of view from sort of the national and the policy point of view. Um, I think that's great. Well, I, it's interesting you make the, the and I, I've heard this as well, the observation that uh, CLD is sometimes overlooked or, right. or forgotten about. I view, I view education and uh, skills acquisition almost as a, a continuum. Um, it starts off in the early years, the school's environment, then once you're you're through that, then there are, are many different avenues. You know, there's obviously, I've mentioned them, there's colleges, there's university, there's going into some form of uh, apprenticeship. Community learning development is part of that landscape as well. So we know that people are going to need uh, or want different forms of educational intervention at various different stages of their lives for all the various different purposes I've, I've spoken of. So if we want to make sure that's as rounded an experience as possible, then we must make sure that community learning development isn't overlooked and it is viewed as essential a part of the system as our colleges and universities are. And that's very much my perspective. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think part of that, what feeds into it, I suppose, is the adult learning strategy that um, came out. Um, I'm not sure, I wasn't involved in any of that sort of, the, that coming out. I see when it came out, I see that there's benefits to the sector. And I think that's great for especially people who have been focused on that piece of work for a long time. There's been youth strategies, but there's never been adult learning. So um, I think, I suppose, could you give us a wee bit of insight about the work that's maybe been put in towards that, um, if that's something that you've been involved in? And, so a lot of, some of that work did predate my time in this uh, particular uh, office, but what I can say and what I'm very pleased to say is it has been very much sector-driven, sector-led. It's involved, and you know, there's an extent to how much you involve everyone in any particular sector, but it is, by my estimation, representative. It has reached out to those who play a, a, a role in adult learning. Uh, and they have uh, helped inform the strategy. And more fundamentally, I think more importantly than that, my clear uh, perspective is that they must play a leading role in the implementation of a strategy. Uh, you know, probably underplaying it uh, in the sense of saying that the easiest thing to do is writing the strategy. You know, It's not easy, it's not straightforward. No. It has to be pulled together and written. You have to bring people with you. But more difficult still is the implementation of any strategy. And if we're going to get that right, then we have to be making sure that we reach out to the organisations who are involved in the delivery of adult learning, but even more importantly than that, the recipients of uh, that education, that learning, people who are adult learners themselves, because who can speak better about the benefits or the need for adult learning than adult learners themselves? So... That's been the manner in which the strategy has been pulled together and it's my uh, perspective that that's how the strategy must be taken forward too. Yeah, absolutely. And I, f I think that's been, what's been really good for um, a practice point of view is that when Adult Learn and Strategy came out, we'd spoke to some of our adult learners about this and they seemed really happy about the fact that there was that level of recognition as well for them and what they can work towards. And I think it just gives it that extra bit of sort of um, value, I suppose, in that wider sort of sense. 
um, that they also know that they're contributing to something that's a bit larger and it's um, than just their local sort of targets. It's how then that actually gets matched. Um, and it's a five-year policy. Um, it's a five-year strategy, sorry. So it'll be great to see, I think, actually in 2027 20, uh, when that actually then um, is up for review to see how well we do. But I think you're totally right. It's up to the learners and the practitioners to make sure that we are putting this in practice. Um, yeah, although, yeah, I'm not placing the entire onus on them to to uh, uh, deliver it would be unfair to say it's uh, entirely and only down to them obviously government has a, a critical role uh, to play I suppose the you know the fundamentally the other part of the involvement of uh, adult learners is to you know keep us honest and make sure that we're doing the right thing and if they feel we're not doing the right thing then they shouldn't be afraid and come forward to say well actually we could do it better we could do things differently for, for maximum effect so you know, that's the type of uh, approach that I want to, to take, to be able to have that mature conversation to make sure, to ensure that we're actually delivering for people on the ground. That's ha That has to be what it's about at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. That, that's the other beneficiaries, the other people that are going to get um, the most out of it. Um, and another thing I think that's really great that the adult um, learning strategies came about as well is that a lot of times CLD gets talked about like a sort of cut service um, and there, there's always that in local government level and I, I work for a local authority so I'm aware of how that sort of happens but I think that gives um, CLD that extra level of strength as well to show people that maybe don't fully understand making decisions, no fully informed seeing, no but this is another level what they do so I think just for protection of the service, um, the sector I think it's another great move um, and it's a great that people can then, it's actually quite a good read and it's an easy read as well to for somebody can't I'm no great at the reading side of things, so I understood it. But um, yeah, I do, I just think that for protection for us as a sector, um, I think it just adds that extra wee layer for us. I think it's, really I think it's got to also go beyond protection as well, though it's got to speak to the, as important as that is of course, but it's also got to speak to the, the multiple objectives that various statutory services have. If we can engage people through the means of community learning development, then you might actually find that there's better outcomes for that individual that will support them in all aspects of their life, which can support some of the other statutory services that uh, that impact and interact with them. So if a um, person is feeling particularly isolated and vulnerable, then it might be that they're requiring support from the National Health Service or from social work services. Now, I'm not suggesting for a moment it's as straightforward as... Yeah. You engage some of the community learning development and those services fall by the wayside, but it can make a contribution to an improved outcome for that individual. And for me, that's that's critical. Uh, and, you know, actually this goes beyond just community learning and development. This is about our, the entirety of our approach to um, embedding skill, a skill set in a person and uh, making sure that we're moving uh, them in uh, the right direction is having all services that support that individual support their life circumstances pulling in the same direction and for, for me uh, engaging a person in some form of uh, learning activity and some form of skills acquisition can make a critical difference in that regard yeah absolutely absolutely and um, I think that would be good if we can move on now as well for the, the youth strategy um, I know that's just sort of in draft form and we're hopefully that's going to come out again in the next um couple of weeks or by the end of the year I think it was um, supposed to hopefully be coming out um, 
in terms of the youth strategy and the new youth strategy, um, what do you think that will sort of like bring to the sector? Well, I, I suppose my uh, my perspective in terms of uh, the youth work strategy is very much the same as the adult learning yeah. strategy, but for for younger people. So, you know, fundamentally, it's about trying to achieve the same uh, objectives to make sure that we are seeing improved outcomes for uh, individuals across the board. I mean, I think that's the other thing. Yeah. You know, there's a tendency, and of course it's true to say, that youth work and uh, adult learning might have a particular role to to bear in those who are in vulnerable circumstances, yeah. but you know, it should be there uh, at its core to support as wide a range of people as, uh, as possible. But trying to make sure that... People have fulfilling, rewarding lives is fundamentally what it's all about. So trying to make sure that adult learning through the adult learning strategy brings its influence to bear is important. And for young people, youth work strategy is exactly the same. Trying to make sure that we are working hand in hand with the, the youth work sector to bring that positive influence to bear on young people is of paramount importance uh, uh, to me, uh, uh, you know, uh, particularly for, for those who may be um, marginalised, may be at risk of, they've either fallen out of education or they're at risk of falling out of education. How do you re-engage them? Youth work can be a, a good uh, means uh, to doing that, but also just uh, supporting young people in the, the wider sense as well in terms of whatever the, their future journey might be. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think... Um, for me, forgetting, it's only been the last, like I'd say, couple of years, I was quite narrow focused. I was always about working with young people face to face, and I've really looked wider than I never really opened that door at all. I had a way for it. I was like, no, if I can work 35 hours a week face to face, I know I'm doing the right job. But I think what's changed for me recently is it's understanding why these exist, why the strategies exist, why policies exist, but also how do we implement that. And I think that's what you've touched on quite a lot. It's about that improved outcome. It's mm-hmm. I think we've got a job as practitioners to make sure we engage with these resources so that we can work towards that so we can make that difference at that other level as well. So it's also, I think there has to be that on us practitioners making sure that we are looking at that um, regularly and upskilling ourselves and reading and not just going, I'll deal with that later. Um, they're there for a reason. We should be working towards them. Sure. Although I you know, I recognise people have uh, busy lives and right. you know, folk... I don't need to tell you, you can tell me better, <laughs> but people who get involved in community learning development, they're doing it because they want to make a positive difference exactly. to, to folks' lives. So I'm not necessarily expecting every single person to pick up our strategies and read it cover to, to cover. If people want to do that, they'd, I'd be very uh, <laughs> delighted. But the fundamental thing for me is making sure that we uh, create a, a mechanism, a means by which we can engage with the sector and uh, understand better yeah. what... Um, as we can do together to improve people's lives because that's what motivates people who work in CLD that's what motivates those of us who are elected to public office and in government as well we want to see improved outcomes for for people too and working together to that end is going to be important yeah no absolutely um like today is just i suppose to chat about the pandemic um which was uh, was really difficult for so many people and there was a lot of challenges but what really came out of that is CLD really flourished in terms of support, um, in terms of um, community groups coming together, creating that local sort of support network, and then CLD helped them sort of get that organised and all that sort of like amazing work that's been on this podcast and people have heard throughout the last couple of years. Um, so from your perspective, 
Um, how do you think like, CLD responded to the pandemic? Um, and what differences have you maybe seen in terms of the sector from that? Well, I think it responded admirably uh, in terms of very challenging circumstances, in terms of trying to support the folk that they're engaged with as best they possibly can. That's obviously very difficult when you're in a situation where you can't actually get out and see people face to face. And I think particularly for a lot of the activities being delivered through adult learning, through youth work, that does rely a lot on face-to-face encounters. So I know that's obviously challenging. So gearing itself towards having to try and deliver in a different manner as a sector was obviously something that was difficult and challenging, but by my estimation from what I've seen, the sector did really, really well in that regard and managed to keep most folk engaged. And also that wider point that you you speak to in terms of one of the things that I I saw in my own community, the area I represent and indeed live in as well, the level of resilience activities that took place through people coming together um, in either informal uh, structures or um, existing organisations or indeed forming new uh, groupings, some of which still continue uh, responding to the the situation we're in in today. That was quite extraordinary to see and I know that uh, our community learning and development colleagues played a a critical role in supporting many of those organisations as well. So the contribution um, of the sector uh, in the pandemic was was considerable and I'm, I'm very grateful for it. I think it would be remiss though not to recognise that and certainly what I hear from parts of the sector is there was still a cohort uh, who despite the best efforts to engage with you know, it proved really, really difficult too. So there's a degree of trying to re-engage and trying to to catch up with some of the folk that had been uh, interacting with um, CLD before and despite everyone's best efforts, maybe have sort of fallen by the way. So yeah. trying to get them re-engaged is, is really important. So again, our, our strategies, both the adult learning and the, the youth work strategies, uh, I think have a, a positive role to play in that regard. How can we support uh, the sector to respond to the widest range of, of uh, social circumstances we find ourselves in? And that's that's one of them, trying to, to, to catch up with some of the, the negative fallout of the pandemic for CLD is, is going to be critical as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we found that, especially when we first opened our doors, you know, with different restrictions that were put in place and people were scared and they they were too, they were really that, people became more aware, I suppose, of then looking after others around about them. So that re-engagement was slow for us, yeah. you know, and it, it took us a long time. And to be honest, I would say that we're just sort of getting there now. We are in terms of getting more people back in the buildings and support. And yeah. it's took a long time. No, I can, it's something I, can I don't think that actually we really discuss or maybe actually reflect on, we always talk about the good stuff, but yeah. that re-engagement's been really well, tough. I, I know there's also, certainly when I speak to some organisations, it's a mixed it's a mixed bag. Absolutely. Some some places have been really good at making the premises available for, for activities. Some are still holding back a, a little. So we need to work with um, all of the, uh, the public sector in particular to say, look, if you've got community facilities, if you can make them available for CLD activities, then please do so because it's, and that goes back to the point I was making before, it's it's not a nice to have, it's not a sort of add-on, it's actually an essential part 
of uh, responding to the various social imperatives we have to try and make sure that people are leading the best possible lives they can and if the very least an organisation can do is by making available a, a public space then you know I would certainly be encouraging them to do so but again this is all part of the the, the building back yeah. from COVID-19 we are still in a bit of a journey we're in a much better place but there's still some work to do yeah no absolutely absolutely um so I'd like to just ask you a more sort of personal question so you you've you went in uh, um 2007 um was when um, you first got elected so from like a sort of personal point of view what's been like your most memorable moments or like highlights of sort of doing that because it's a long time and I sort of role and we've had various roles but within it but how's, how's that been for you? Um, I get asked these questions from um, time to time and uh, I don't know I'm not You don't that, need to say CLD, I'm not that so. I'm, I, CLD <laughs> absolutely yeah um, the uh, I don't know if I'm not that self-reflective a person uh, in terms of uh, my own experience um, there's, there's been so many different occasions the thing I, I well there are various things I like uh, about what I'm doing of course there's the contribution to trying to make Scotland a better place yep. to live in terms of the public policy approach we take in terms of the laws uh, we pass and being involved in that is a real honour it's a real yeah. privilege and there are some things that have made a, a, a more considerable uh, or played a more considerable part in uh, taking forward. So, for example, uh, the Carers Scotland Act, which was designed to try and make sure that uh, those who undertake uh, care uh, for their loved ones uh, are better recognised in the system and better supported. You know, that's something I was I'm, I'm particularly pleased to have been involved in and. You know, as with the comment I made about um, the adult learning strategy, ultimately how it's uh, implemented on the ground as yeah. legislation is going to make the, the biggest difference. But if it's working effectively, that should be making a difference to the lives of of uh, uh, those who provide care for their, their loved ones. Because that's obviously a, a hugely challenging thing to do for, for many folks. Trying to make sure we're supporting them as, as best we can is, is important to me. So having been involved in that is, is a particular highlight. But the other point I was going to make is the ability to try and help the people I directly represent in Cumberland and Colesythe when they come forward looking for particular assistance with a particular issue. You know, we'll always give it a good go. We'll always do our best for the yeah. person. We don't always manage to resolve the uh, issue that they have, but when you do and it makes a difference to the person, then that that feels good. Um, probably can't, I probably can't tell you too about any individual ones because obviously they're uh, specific to the individual. Absolutely. But um, you know, when when someone's taking the the time to come and speak to their elected yeah. representative. It's presumably because it's a pretty important issue to them. So, if and you know, self-evidently, some of the stuff that I get um, is is important in terms of uh, the impact it's having on them or their families. So, if you're able to help through my yeah. office and, and get a good outcome for them, then that's that's really rewarding too. Absolutely, and I think that that's something that I see when you, if, you, if you watch like. Parliament and the telly and you're, you're looking at these things you forget sometimes like you guys support individuals in local areas and in the communities so it isn't just voting on 
whatever's coming up next it's not that element like it's such a person centered role in that moment so when somebody comes to you might be a real crisis point similar to CLD you might be the first person that they speak to because you're a, a face that they trust it's a person that they know where you're going to be they know what you're going to try and do for them so I think that gets forgot about quite mm-hmm. a lot so it's, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I was because it's something that I think that it's not we the, don't yeah. really think about that. It's much. not the most visible part of the absolutely the, the the role that we undertake. I mean, actually, if through my constituency office, that's the overwhelming majority of what they do, if truth be told. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, it's I, I agree. It's not something that people are necessarily going to uh, immediately think of when they think of anyone involved in, in public life in the political or parliamentary process. Yeah, definitely. So, what's I suppose in a in terms of when user when user in parliament and there's um, votes coming up and there's these things, what does that sort of look like like in for you? Because I we I don't really know how that process is. I suppose so. Like, how does that work? We use do you use get like information? Is there sessions? Like, I suppose just to try and like for people maybe listening that don't really know the process of that side of things. In terms of parliamentary process, I mean, it'll depend. So if it's a, an issue that um, I'm uh, leading on in terms yeah. of uh, the parliamentary process, if it's a, a bill that I'm taking through parliament or if it's a debate I'm leading on for the, the government or if it's questions that I'm answering that other MSPs are asking me, then I'm very lucky to have the support of the the civil service who can help me prepare okay. for that. So there's 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 many people who, who are involved uh, in that. You know, looking back before I was a, a minister, uh, when you don't have that um, particular uh, structure, uh, then you know you're relying on on um, your colleagues who work in your, your office to, to help right. you prepare. But a lot of it's also so it's uh, frankly, so yeah, of course, there's, there, there absolutely is, um, there absolutely is. But the other important uh, part of the equation in um, both uh, roles, either as a uh, minister in government or as a, a backbench uh, parliamentarian is to engage with others, to speak with organisations of a particular interest in whatever the subject matter might be. Some organisations will send you plenty of information in advance of whatever the the parliamentary event might be, um, and you, you try and digest that. Also, going back to the point I made earlier, and actually in some ways this can be the most instructive and informative thing uh, around uh, any... Um, work that you're taking forward, any contribution you're going to make to to parliamentary uh, debate is be informed by the experience of those you represent directly. So if I go back to what I made earlier, all those people who come forward to seek your assistance, obviously you try and resolve that issue for them directly, but equally that could be informing your thinking as to, well, how could we maybe try and deal with this is a problem for the individual, but it might be affecting other people, so is there something we could do to to improve uh, the, the circumstances that cause that person to approach you as the individual parliamentarian, uh, which must be being replicated for, for others of my colleagues. So trying to, to, to be informed by uh, the, the people you speak with, the organisation you speak with, plays a, a big role as well. Yeah, no, absolutely, and the reason I asked that as well is just to... I think that 
for people that listen to the podcast, and I think for myself as well, it's that process that you don't really see. So I just, I was asking just so we could get a bit of insight about what that really means for you, I suppose. So thanks for answering that. No problem. Because um, I think it just helps people as well understand like how varied and massive the role is and all the different layers, I suppose. So um, one of the questions that I would like to ask as well is where do you think CLD is just now, like in terms of just sort of in general and as a whole, but and, and how do you maybe see it changing like in the future or evolving? Um, people like changing or evolving? It's a good question. Um, I'm hoping that through the work we're doing through both the adult learning and youth work strategies, we can place it on a, a firmer footing. Going back to the, the discussion we had earlier around the perception, the perceived notion of, of CLD being forgotten about or maybe the poor relation by comparison to to some other parts of uh, our educational system. I want to make sure that we're working to change that perception. Mm-hmm. But in terms of um, the practical stuff that is delivered by CLD, I suppose I want to, to continue doing what it does best, supporting uh, the individual uh, that uh, engages with it for various different personal reasons. We talked about some of them uh, earlier. It could be that a person wants to, to move on to some different form of employment. It could be that it's just a, a means of um, social interaction, and there's nothing wrong with this for for the the pleasure of learning something new. So that's what CLD is all about, and that's what it should continue to to offer. Yeah, no, definitely, I totally agree with that. And I think for the points that you raise as well, it just shows that CLD has got so many layers as well. So there can be that more formal route where you're looking at qualifications, but it can be that social aspect and all the other bits that sort of fall in between that. Um, it's got a place for everyone who needs it at the time and who requires the support. So. Um, and I think from the discussion we've had today is good that, that that's came through, that there is all the different layers, so I think that's really positive. So do. Um, so yeah, so what I'd like to do is, I'm conscious of time as well, um, so I'll take us to the last question, so I'll okay. put this at the end of every single podcast, um, so it's my signature, as I've been okay. told to tell people now, because I need to sound more professional apparently. All right, okay. So it's my I've, signature. I thought you've sounded very professional. I was the first that said it. Um, so... Uh, what advice would you give to someone who's looking to start a career within CLD? Uh, well, I suppose not being directly involved in the delivery of uh, CLD, I wouldn't um, deign to, to speak with authority about how you might go about being involved. So I'd say two things. First of all, speak to someone who is involved because they can give you the practical practical uh, advice and information about how to how to do it, but in the other sense, I would say go for it because certainly from what I've seen, it's uh, of course it's challenging and like any role, it must be very frustrating at times. But fundamentally, it's a very rewarding experience of a sector to be involved in. So, yeah, those are the two things. Um, seek advice from those who are involved, but go for it because it's uh, it's a good thing to do. Well, absolutely. Um, so, where can people like maybe find you? Your social media pages. Um, or like any of that sort of good stuff if you do them <laughs> do I want people to find me I mean <laughs> you can google me is the simplest <laughs> way to find me but uh, yeah I'm on uh, Facebook um, I have a, a Facebook uh, page um, I also have Twitter I'm not a very prolific user of Twitter I have no. to say 
I go into digest information rather than put it out there usually. So, nice one. So, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, this has been Mr. Jamie Hepburn on CLD Talks. Thank you. Pleasure.